0: This episode of the Armchair Files is brought to you by Figuratively Speaking Minis. Do you have a sea of grey in front of you? A tournament you want to play in next weekend or the weekend after? Contact Courtney at Figuratively Speaking Minis for all your miniature painting needs. 20,000 followers can't be wrong. In this episode, Doug's mic records most of his breathing. It's super annoying, and he exceeds the number of phenomenals he's allowed in an episode. We are, are we, are we recording Doug? Really? Are we re- yeah. recording? Did you, did you hit record? I hit the record button. I can see the record button recording. So we, we are recording. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, episode two of the armchair cinephiles. This week, we're talking first of probably two discussions that we're going to have about uh, and, um, This episode, we are probably going to focus on uh, the writing of Andor, to a large extent, and some other factors. But who knows? Because we're new at this. We'll probably ramble all over the place. Jeffrey, how are you this week? Very well. Cool. Excited to be here. Excited to be here. So, Andor, writing... What do you think? Where do you want to leap into this topic of things?
1: Um, I think first we should throw out a spoiler alert. Uh Uh-oh. We're going to be talking about the whole series here. So if you haven't seen Andor, then maybe wait to listen to this episode. (laughs) Are we going to put
0: spoilers out or are we going to be the podcast that crushes people's hopes?
1: (laughs) So no spoiler alert, just like (laughs) talk about stuff and let them find out the hard way.
0: Yeah, maybe what I'll put in the description is there is no spoiler alert about all the things we're going to talk about in Andor. Because if you haven't watched it by now, you're too far behind for us. Even us.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'd start with, like, I really like the show in general. I mean, that's why, I personally, I think we're doing a, an episode about it. Maybe two is is it's just really well done. The The show was... I felt that the Obi-Wan show was a big letdown in a bunch of ways. And maybe we'll do an episode on that, but Andor was, I had heard really good things. I had somewhat high expectations because of all the good things I had heard about it. Um, But it definitely met those expectations. Like it, it was a great show. It was a lot of fun to watch. It's so excited to go to the next episode after each one finished. And I think they did a lot of things really well. So, Um,
0: I'd like to get an idea, and this is something that I, that drives my friends crazy is I know that you like it. It's clear that you like it from the way you're talking about that. But can you be more specific? You know, like this, like my youngest son, the poutine king will say, "Oh, this poutine is the best here," and I'll go. Well, but but why is this poutine so good? And he'll go, "Oh, it's just the best poutine in the world." And I go, "That doesn't help me." Yeah. So, what about Andor? Um,
1: did you did you really like? Okay, so let's let's start with the writing then. Um, I thought the writing was very well done, and uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, I think one of the things that they did very well throughout the show was showing instead of telling there wasn't, there wasn't any, um, exposition on Cassian's uh, character the whole time. He was just showing us who he was through his actions. It wasn't, (laughs) Oh, you're a really good thief. It was okay. We're going to show you that he's a good thief and that he can hold his own.
0: Yeah. And and for me that is one of the things as well is that it the the writing was not in the dialogue or in how the characters delivered the dialogue the writing was in the cinematography and how they did the camera shots and what they showed you and what they didn't show you to let you make your own conclusions it's not a and or is definitely not a show that you can put put on and do a sudoku or whatever while it's on if you're not watching it you're missing half of the dialogue and most of the subtext of what the show is about
1: cool i would agree Um, um i really liked how the the show as a whole was structured And the two points I would make on that was, like, how the first half of the show was kind of like a heist movie. Yeah. And then the second half was kind of like a prison break movie. I thought that that was a cool way to structure a show, but then also do it well. So what was good about the heist movie,
0: the heist component of it?
1: Uh, There was was build-up and lead-up to the heist. And there was, like, the structure of that first half was okay, you have this character and we're going to show you that he's uh, of this type of character that is being like a thief or whatever, you know, does whatever he needs to to survive. He um, he has to do a lot of, you know, not uh, really moral things to survive. They show you that in the first episode, first five minutes or whatever, he guns down those guards. Yeah. and um, And then showing that, okay, this is the type of, character we need to also be part of this mission and the mission as a very pivotal point in the story which leads lends itself really well to the overarching story which i think was another great writing point was um how do you get from the phantom menace oh no sorry uh episode three star wars episode three revenge of the sith how do you get from there to you could argue Rogue One or A New Hope, in terms of the emotional state of the people and how you actually get a collective rebellion against this empire.
0: Yeah, and I think you've touched on some things that I thought were phenomenal about what what they did. is, Luthen's character, probably for me in terms of on-screen acting, is one of the most amazing transformations That the actor lets you see. He goes from being this hard, shadowed, you know, manipulator of things in the background for the rebellion. And then on the other side, he's this effervescent, host of everything, good guy. But you don't see how he transforms himself from one to the other. till the one scene when he's coming back and you see how he puts himself into being that person and that to me was uh, just brilliance just by the way he kept doing the same action running his hand through his fingers through his hair to fluff up the hair and do the smile and the gesture and I'm I'm sitting here like I'm putting on a robe and and you know yeah. doing doing the hand thing and hey and yeah. how getting else getting into character getting into character so that was some of the an example of what I, the writing for me, that was done through action, um, was was phenomenal. The other thing you just touched on, I think, is the key thing for me in why I think Andor might be the best Star Wars show, mov- movie or otherwise, uh, to come out, is that it deals with adult themes. It's yeah. an, like when the two guards get killed at the beginning... I mean, that's the start of it. But throughout it, you get this whole uh, feeling that, you know, we know that Cassian is not a true rebel. In fact, there are very few true rebels throughout there. You know, and Luthen's character, um, you know, is trying to get a rebellion started. Like, that's hard. That's hard to write without pain. And you need a cast and scenes and believable situations, believable scenarios with to show what's what's going on. And then the contrast to that that they introduced for the theme of the rebellion with Mon Ma Matha is that she goes into the Senate to try and do things the the just, I would call it the Star Wars way, where they go and there's an invigorating speech, and everybody goes, "Yeah, we need to go do this." But people just go, "Oh, you're boring. I'm leaving. Go away." And she yeah. she gets stifled, and it's you know the the other component about it. So that that those adult themes and those things, the fact that Cassian is. I don't want to really use this word because I think it's very politically loaded but I don't know of another word not to use. He's an indigenous person uh, who gets taken advantage of right. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's um, imp- important to to note is that it's in an, an, you know an, an indigenous component fighting back because of them, not because of the rebellion, because of how they treated and that's the only way they can live. So I think that's the other adult theme that I think is good. And then when people get hurt, like this, you know, the two guards get murdered, the murder gets reported and the senior official basically goes, this is probably what happened. And he nails it on the head and he tells the arresting officer, you know what? Just bury it. You don't need to deal with this. It's just move on. And... um that right that reaction in writing isn't isn't trivial or anything. So I
1: think that was very purposeful.
0: Oh, hundred percent. And I think that's another example of where the writing was really good. Yeah. And then and then the marriage, Mon Moth's marriage is, you know, basically a hoax. It's a marriage
1: of convenience. And well you don't, it was a, arranged. Was it arranged?
0: Yes, because their marriages were arranged. That's implied with the daughter, I believe. But they're on opposite ends of the political spectrum on things. So it's not this happy Star Wars marriage where, you know, they find love with one another like uh, Han and Leah, you know, or um, Padme and Before He Turns, you know, Hayden Christensen. So I think that that's another example of an adult theme. Uh, that isn't really in the S- Star Wars, and I'm going to go a step further here and say it's not really in the Disney Plus warehouse of what's what the universe is supposed to be about. Right. You know, it's you know, it's not necessarily a happy thing. So I think that that's another um, concept that's important um, to what's going on.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh... You made me think of a couple of things as you were talking there. Well, going back to like, as you were saying it, the comment of adult themes was, it made me think of how the show goes back to Star Wars basics in a way. It's rebels versus the empire, which is how a new hope started the whole thing off. Right. And and going back to that i think drew in if it didn't draw in it did it very well and that's why i think a lot of people liked it um the the core fans of star wars it wasn't you know trade negotiations in the senate like nobody cares about that that why why would i care about that when we're talking star wars like this is the rebellion and the empire and darth vader and like where's all that and yes. this, i think This show is like, okay, let's, let's get back to that without redoing it. And that's where I think they did a very good job of going from basically showing you, okay, how do you get from, okay, the government is now the empire and, uh, this is a new government to, okay, we need to rebel again. We need to fight and kill and do whatever it takes to take this government down. Like that's a pretty big leap. And the show and Rogue One, I think together do a really go- good job of, of showing you, okay, this is and like you said, uh Skarsgard's character, um like yeah. his his position is it's a horrible thing that this this is happening, but the people need to rise up and they need that they need to be put in this pressure cooker and pushed to the point of of rebelling, because if we don't if this doesn't happen, then the, the Empire is just going to get worse and worse and worse. And we're going to live in this state of accepting this horrible existence. Yeah. Which, and, made, which made his character so interesting.
0: Yeah, and his discussion with Mon Matha about how it has to get worse before it's going to get better. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're pushing too hard. Tons of people are going to get hurt. And, you know, his... The concept of it takes a spark to start a rebellion, you know, the, that, that theft, that payroll theft and giving the, like, essentially giving the empire uh, the excuse to become more evil. So in becoming more evil, more people will want to rebel. It's the spark that starts the rebellion. And, and in my mind, that is the start of the rebellion. And we see that it's not all these noble causes and noble people. Right it's you know then that's to me in the just to t- to tie into your thought about the the heist movie and then to go on to the jailbreak in a minute or two here the heist movie when you when he takes uh, cassian's character and introduces it to the rest of them he sort of misleads Cassian and says, oh, yeah, they're all ready. They've been planning for this and doing all this thing. And each of them has their own little story about what's going on, you know, that they tell in honesty and that kind of thing, which all turns out to be you know, bullshit. Yeah. Right? Like, they're yeah. they're in it for their own reason. They're not in it for the Rebellion, except for the one idealistic uh, character. But she's really just in love with someone. Yeah like and i think that that's what's really great about the heist movie the scene, at the end of the heist <clears throat> excuse me at the end of the heist movie when they're sitting outside and you know we could just take everything and go they're busy and there they'll never know we'll just take it and go and and then cassian realizes that he's been played yeah he's cuz he thought this guy was and he's not and then cassian so then Cassian, spoiler, turn your phone, turn your stuff off now, if you haven't already, when he kills him, takes what he is owed, like a true thief, goes in, exactly. and, but then that, that point, like a true thief wouldn't have gone in and said anything.
1: No, no, exactly. Which is a great writing because it shows um, the, the duality of his character in terms of like, hey. He's this because the reason that he, he signed on to this whole thing was for money. Yeah. He wants he wants the money, he wants to get him and his mother out of this, this garbage planet and go somewhere nice. So his his like, stepmother. His stepmother, yeah. Yeah. So he he gets into the whole thing based on money. And then and then it's it's a great scene because he kills this guy. And again, you're kind of, as the viewer, you're kind of confronted with this, like, should I be cheering for this person? Like, he's just, he killed these two guards. He killed this guy. He was totally unarmed. But then he goes in there and he says, I'm taking what I'm owed. You can have the rest. I'm out of here. Because all he wants to do is take care of him and his stepmother. And that kind of shows that he's not just this moralless, ruthless thief, like you said.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right but it also shows to me uh, um something that has to change within him they they show you in essence what the character flaw on Cassian is during the heist movie and that is he's too naive
1: yeah he thinks he can turn a turn a blind eye and run away from the ump- from the empire and he also and thinks then, yes and then that 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 prison movie is where he gets put in the pressure cooker to the point where he's like okay hey, I have to join the Rebellion. We have to do this for a, a, a bigger... There's a bigger reason here.
0: Um. Just before we jump into the prison movie thing, I just want to touch on the phenomenal scene with Forrest Whitaker's Saw Gerrera character and Lucen.
1: And There's a couple of them. Which one?
0: The The one where he comes to tell him not to join in the attack. They're all going to be killed. Oh, yeah. Great scene. Like that whole setup for that and... You know, what are you going to choose to do? And then you can see how that goes to, um, you know, what happens in Rogue One. You can see now why... And Forrest Whitaker, oh my goodness gracious. What a phenomenal performance. And it's just... Yeah, yeah it's I really- love that he
1: was in there, that he was in the show at all. I love that they pulled him in and, and had him involved there. I Yeah, that scene is great. It's really good because... Luthen's character there—he's—he's he's in a bind. Yeah, and, and and you, and in a
0: Star Wars movie, they would have done some sappy or easy way out of the discussion, but they don't. They they leave both characters turning on a spit. What are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. What is the moral choice you're going to mean? I mean, they brought the, they they bring everything out into the open, and force them to make a decision on something. And I, I just loved it. I thought it was, I you know they you know, they made it deadly, all the things, which I thought was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it was really good because as the viewer, you don't know which way this is going to go. Like obviously, Saw Guerrero's character survives because we see him in Rogue One, but he could have <laughs> he could have killed Luth in there. Yeah, he could have, and then and and it would have been totally justified from his perspective it would have been well within like the flow of the show it would have thrown a wrench into all the plans like it 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 would have worked but i think luther like laying it all out there and being like hey man here's the situation yeah it's not good either way <laughs> and by giving us a new main
0: character that isn't in exist really in existing star wars lore in any real way as far as i know i'm not the biggest lore expert they could have killed him off, yeah. And then it could have focused on on Martha or on Guerrero or on Cassian or whatever. But he he makes it through. Now, okay. So he's on. So I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. Okay. So he's on the beach. He's watching all these other young men that, if you notice, are look a lot like him. They're the same yeah. age, the same age. Yeah. Eh? You know, it's a. Great thing. He did you expect him to get arrested and thrown in prison? Yes. And I think wait, wait the, a second. You expected him to be arrested and thrown in prison.
1: Well, I I can't say I would have predicted it, but when it happened, and this to me is another great point of how well the writing was done was when it happened, you're you're not surprised. When it happens, you're not like, Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Well, this feels forced. It was so natural because you're seeing at the same time that this whole heist is going off, you're seeing the reaction from the empire and you hear them make the call that, okay, cracking down, arrest everybody, get your numbers up, put them all in jail.
0: Yeah, the how fascism increases things and he fits the profile like if you're wrestling
1: so then when he got arrested it's like okay yeah this like totally makes sense because they're they're this is what you know they're doing around the galaxy and they they don't have a good reason they don't have anything on him they make his sentence outrageously long and if we hadn't seen what was going on with the empire and they didn't show us that then it would have felt forced, but it didn't because at the same time you're seeing this heist go down, you're seeing the reaction from the empire.
0: I really loved the uh, empire's agents, the ISB agents uh, and all of that. I think they did a, I think that, you know, they're real people, you know, they're, they're trying to solve real problems and get things done. And, The other thing to me that happens part and parcel with that is Cassian doesn't realize that he's been the author of his own demise. Yeah. It's his heist that's got him um, captured and it's a criminal. And it's like, well, I'm not going to get involved with rebellion. Look what happens to me. And it takes a while for him. You know, he's going to escape because that's what he does. No prison can really hold him kind of thing. Yeah with with the that situation but oh my goodness
1: and then he's got to be put in the pressure cooker a little bit longer which i think um was really well done too because it wasn't a flip of a switch it wasn't you're arrested oh now i hate the empire Well, i'm gonna get out and i'm gonna keep trying to live my life and it's just this pressure cooker just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing until he hits his breaking point.
0: Yeah, but it was a flip of the switch when the electricity slammed you and nailed you to the ground. Right? Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there was that.
0: Like, and the setup for that is is beautiful, right? As they're coming into the prison, they the, the almost the first shot you see is a picture of the funny boots. Snowboard boots. Yeah, basically. And then the funny things and, and all that. And then take your shoes off. Take your shoes and socks off. And, and, and they, no one said anything. Everybody knows it's going to happen, Yeah. but you don't expect it to be all of them. And you don't expect like, holy, like when, by the time you get there, I'm wound up tighter than a string, wait, you know, spring waiting for that to, to happen. It's like,
1: whoa. And And that episode where he goes to prison, uh, he, that's some really phenomenal acting. Because oh. I don't know if he had more than five words, but holy smokes could you tell on his face, like, oh no, I've screwed up. This is bad. Yeah. The and uh, like he was nervous. He was scared. Yeah. He did a great Which job, you, I think. Yeah, because you don't see that from him at any point up until then. Like when he's prepping for the heist and he's dealing with the insecurities of the rest of the the rest of the team because you know this new guy shows up he's he's not scared he's he's a- analyzing the scenario he's playing his role he's making sure he's lying properly he's doing what he does best which is surviving well, when he gets to that prison man like you see it on his face he's scared and he's like yeah. this is this is a problem and this could get bad
0: and he get immediately tries to get it tuck his head down and hide and do everything I, the, I, a couple of other things in there that I thought were brilliant with what they did in the whole prison sequence was when they find out that nobody on the outside is complaining. The morale hit to the prisoners is just, you know.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're talking about so the prisoners are talking to Cassian and they're like, "What are people saying on the outside? What's going on? What what are their what are the reactions to the Empire pushing?" pushing yeah. the, the envelope here. And he's like, nothing. Nobody's saying anything. And I don't know yeah. what you're talking about, a rebellion. There's. What do you mean? Yeah, the the morale hit was huge.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting it, to me also about that point is, is that it's also, in retrospect, in hindsight, it's also a foreshadowing that I didn't realize. Maybe I'm just dumb and I get suckered into these things. Is That's also the foreshadowing for the fact that nobody gets released even when your time's up because no one is getting out to talk about it literally no
1: one is getting out to talk about it yeah so the, the other thing that i just realized with that is it causes some desperation in the prisoners that may put them over the that puts them over the edge to actually try and escape yes it does 100% right? if, if that desperation isn't there then you don't have the will to act. The buildup is great. You have casting, tell them that there's there's no rebellion that they're thinking about. You know, it's it's not as big, and it's there's no pushback from the people on the outside with these new sentences and whatnot. So their morale dips, and there there's a bit of desperation. And then you have the the episode, which was again so well done, where they find out on level two that the guy got released. But he didn't actually get released. He got put on, or he got released from level four and he got put on level two. And that nobody's getting out. And they just killed everybody. Yeah. And then that is enough. That's the desperation from nothing happening outside. And then the desperation from you're never getting out of here. It's enough to ignite them to fight back.
0: And Which there's all- could
1: be like a meta thing for the whole situation which is the rebellion and like it's a mini that that prison scene that prison movie the second half is like a mini version of the whole show and the whole situation with Star Wars at this point in universe right like that's it's the desperation and they needed that spark to start the rebellion and that happens in a mini version in that prison
0: yeah it's the it it's the it's the parallel to what's happening within the um in the in the entire universe the pressure gets put more and more on there but it takes a tremendous amount before they actually take any action at all uh to get out and it yeah. takes it takes you know them finding out through the uh, you know the crazy communication system they figured out um on how to
1: oh yeah the sign the sign language
0: yeah through the through the whole point. So that was... Uh...
1: But also with the Doctor. And then, and that was not only great writing, in my opinion, but great an- acting by Andy Serkis, his character Kino.
0: Yes, he's amazing. Like,
1: he, he's this, buy the book. Kate, okay, you put me in charge. I'm going to be in charge of these guys. We're going to build whatever it is we're building. Don't care. I just got to do my time and then I can get out of here. Keep your head down, do what you're told, and then we can get out of here. And then and- trying to organize this this breakout and he's not having it. He's like, no, keep your head down, shut up, do your work. And when your time's up, you'll get out. And then the old guy dies and they talk to the doctor and they figure out what's going on in level two. And that, that shot at the end of that episode, I like, I laughed out loud when Cassian asks him again at the end there, he's like, how many guards are on each level? And he says, no more than 12. That scene was so well done and such a great payoff for that mini buildup there there the relief there is kind of like things were going his way okay we're we're, we're getting out of here this is going to happen yeah and
0: you can it's also that they have they haven't told you that Andy Circus's character Kino Loy no it's like you know before they ask him that he knows everything that's going on he is not a dumb man he's got to where he is to be a floor leader because He's smart and the look they gave him in terms of, uh, you know, how he presented and looked was phenomenal. And I want yeah. to particularly point out the shower scene where they're all naked. They're not all, you know, buff Thor looking gods or anything. They're still skinny, pot bellied, flabby, young, old, and they're all working on everything. And there's yeah. such, there's such an intensity in, that is done communicated with just looks, furtive looks back and forth. I just love the whole thing. What's the other character that I thought was really good with his facial expressions? His name is just eluding me right now. One of the other guys at his table making the things. Is it Taga? Tom Reed. Like, I would watch something. I would watch something else with him in it. For sure. Just simply because of his performance. I thought it was... It, I thought it was phenomenal. He did a he did a great job relaying the stuff back and forth. The whole thing. So I think that the heist movie that moves into a prison break movie, and the reason that it's a prison break movie is you didn't get caught because you stole everything. You got caught <laughs> because you forced he, the.
1: Yep. Yeah, you know. He gets caught because he murdered the two guards at the beginning. You can you can draw a line through. All of this stemming from that. Because uh, he I, kills the two guards. I know. I think that's a stretch. Oh, no, I'm sure you can. Because he kills the two guards. If he doesn't do that, then uh, Karn, I think is his name, is the overzealous uh, yeah. uh, poli- police dude who goes after him. Right? Who, is,
0: he who is great, by the way.
1: Another, oh yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, really well written, too. Like, showing him and his mother and the relationship they have. Like it totally follows that he would have his personality with his mother the way she is, like he's he has to prove himself, and yeah. that's like she just hounds on him all the time. Like you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Everything you're doing isn't good enough. So it totally okay, okay. makes sense. Okay, you can
0: stop now. You can stop now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think that's yeah. So I just want to circle back now on the writing. So one of the things I mentioned in last week's episode or was it in the quasi, hey, do we want to do this episode was what happens if they continue rewriting Star Wars in the same adult fashion. So then we get I, to Rogue One, you know, anyway, continue. Go ahead. I keep cutting you off.
1: No, no, I think I think we get we get good Star Wars again. <laughs> so because I don't think George Lucas had children in mind when he made episode four.
0: No, I don't think so either. Because I think that he's pretty fresh out of film school and his experience there. I'm wondering, though, if we get a grittier episode four. Like, will they redo episode four is, I guess, what I'm asking.
1: Oh, no, I don't think so. Okay. So... No, I think that would be crazy.
0: So what is... <laughs> So what is season two of Ant- well we don't we should probably save that for later. With the writing being that good, I I think it's it's pretty phenomenal. I don't really want to talk about I'm afraid that if I go on to the next part about Andor I want to talk, it's gonna be another thirty-five minutes and it's be like last episode where we sign off and we're still talking six minutes later. So I think we're gonna sign off here. Unless you've got any last closing points you wanna make.
1: No, as far as the writing goes, that's like those are the big hits that I wanted to touch on. Um, there was, yeah, I'll bring that up in the next episode. There's, there's a little cliffhanger for you. Oh, great. A little cliffhanger. Any, any predictions? Or, Andor? Well, I'll we had to this, I watched the trailer for Mandalorian season three and I'm excited for that.
0: Okay. Good stuff. You've been listening to the armchair cine- you've been listening to the armchair cinephiles. If you like it subscribe. If not, that's okay. Think two guys that you're overhearing at a coffee shop. Until next time,